Wagzilla Zero G. And it's me, it's me, it's the old SFD. Super flex standard operating procedures. It's week two. Ah, eh, technically. We're still we're still finishing off week one. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. Monday night game has not been played, so you're not gonna hear any Monday night names, by the way. But standard operating procedures going into week two. Swags is back here with me to help me out. And uh, we're going to do some, we can talk ads and drops, and we'll talk waiver priorities on those ads for you as well. We've got fades, buys and holds. We've got sells. And, of course, next week, this week. all And, and we've got names, Swags, on every single one of these columns this week. We've got kind of a lot of names to go through after week one. Fill them up. Week yes. one in the books. I'm I'm yes. curious if it uh if it maintains this um this many players here or if these guys need to listen right now and start picking <laughs> these players up, you know. Yeah, the cream I kinda, of the crop. Yeah, man. I uh, in my experience these uh these lists get smaller as the season goes on. I mean, the the ads and definitely next week this week. That part gets smaller. Uh, the fades that probably just grows. <laughs> we've got <laughs> we have four names to fade, but uh, yeah, that probably that one probably just gains steam <laughs> throughout the season. But uh, man, like I could have put so many names on the fades thing. Like I just want to go through and say every wide receiver who did well in week one, fade them. <laughs> <laughs> listen to you get out the lemonade we're bringing some shade yeah that's right that's the thing man people are gonna really overreact i mean that's just that's what we do right we over mm-hmm. but here on the super show uh there's not gonna be a whole lot of overreaction you're gonna notice this is gonna be a very pragmatic uh list of sops here but uh yeah i mean we know that people are gonna are going to overreact to something, but week one, I promise you that the overreaction is going to be the power of wide receivers in fantasy football. Like it's going to, that's going to continue. We saw Jamar chase with a two touchdown game. We saw Cooper cup with a monster game. Diggs had a nice game. Uh, Justin Jefferson, multi-touchdown game. Javon, like Or uh, Devonte Adams. Yes, Devontae Adams in his first game with the Raiders, and he still looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. like, and and you know, people are still going to think this this is a key to winning fantasy championships, and it's still not the case. Meanwhile, what they should be re- overreacting to, and the thing that I'm going to overreact to, and I'm I'm even going to take the the uh, the frowned upon week one victory lap. Is freaking hashtag Swarkly, man. DeAndre Swift and Saquon Barkley, two of the top three running backs for the week as, yes. of, as of now. Yep. But you get Penny and Javante Williams tonight. Those are the, those guys aren't going to unseat Barkley and Swift. Those two looked awesome. And that's without a whole lot of production in the passing game, too, which is still coming. Yeah. If uh, Penny unseats anybody this evening, he he would definitely be on our sells list. <laughs> yeah, yep. Fade that. Fade that. <laughs> Fade that ish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not doing that. Um, yeah. Uh, Swarkly hashtag Swarkly. That's what I they like call. It. It. 
that's the freaking hammer, man. That's the medicine ball that you just throw into the into the into your league. I just love it. I love it. I've got it. I've got teams with. I mean, same with you. I know you've been talking about it a lot, but I've got teams with both of them on it. And then I've got a lot with like Swift and Jonathan Taylor too Ooh. from just getting their rookie season. So yep, that was a good one too. Yeah. <clears throat> Running C-E-H backs early and often, man. I'll tell you, if it's not a super flex league, especially after your quarterbacks in a super flex league, though, you those running backs, man, they help you a lot. Yep, yep. Oh, and speaking of quarterbacks, another thing to overreact to real quick, five touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes. Tell me he's not the quarterback one overall in super flex dynasty. He's, anyone who moved him down below Josh Allen, down below Justin Herbert for whatever reason. Those guys are great. Pat Mahomes is the best football player on the planet. Just just let's just clear that up real quick. He's he's pretty savvy. He's pretty <laughs> savvy. But I mean, man, Herbert and Josh Allen, I mean, they both gave us great weeks as well. Yep, totally. But they didn't give us five touchdowns, but Yeah. I mean Ben Roethlisberger gave us six one time, so <laughs> that's true. Nick Foles had seven. So yeah, <laughs> it happens. It but happens. but yeah, Patrick Mahomes definitely. Uh, he's making a case for Superflex one hundred and one. Keep it up, Pat. Yeah, yeah. I've had him there every step of the way. To me, the the you don't drop him down below that until you see like diminishment, you know, diminished skills. And we haven't seen that from Pat Mahomes. He lost a wide receiver. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they added more of them. Like, they just restocked. Uh, they didn't bring in another Tyreek Hill, but they brought in, a, you know, more than enough talent in the aggregate. Yeah. And above all else, like I said, he still knows how to play this game better than anybody else. He knows how to – he can. He throws the ball underhanded. He throws the ball behind his back. No look passes all over the place. Like – until he forgets how to do that stuff, I'm not moving him down in my rankings. You know? you know, before we get away from the Chiefs, I was very, and and you've been all about this, I was very surprised to see, it's not being talked about much either, that Pacheco actually touched the ball more times than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah. Clyde Edwards-Alaire just ended up being the benefactor of fantasy points. But it looks like Pacheco's going to get more work than I thought, like right out the gate. And you've kind of been yeah. all about that on the fate of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And now everybody was kind of like, Clyde's back, and you have to be <laughs> here before you're back, first of all. Yeah. But so I, he didn't really have – he didn't really touch the ball a lot. He just did well with it when he did. Yeah, he he caught the touchdown passes. That was the big thing. Yep. But he he was outworking everybody else in you know in the first half, and then it slowly shifted in the fourth quarter. Pacheco owned that. He had something like ten of his of his touches. Thirteen, in I the, think. Thirteen or fourteen touches. Yeah, something like I think ten of them were in the fourth quarter, if I remember right. I should. I always do this. Like I should have the stats pulled up before I start talking about them. But, <laughs> but and and it, I I hear people yelling right now. Like I can already hear them yelling at us through the podcast. <laughs> you know, 
that yeah, like it was all in garbage time. Well, guess what? This is one of the best offenses in the league that's going to have a lot of garbage time. Yeah. So, and and those garbage time points still count. So yeah, yeah. Isaiah Pacheco, what he's he's not going to end up on any of our lists here today. I'm not totally sure where to put him. I think that he's he's probably, like Pacheco. What the heck, go? Yeah, <laughs> kind of just we just talked about him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a bonus yeah. play. Just just get him. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how you have to do it. Just do it. Uh, all right, let's get to standard operating procedures, though. I could easily rant about week one forever with you, but uh, let's get some action items out there for some people. I always like to start with the ads, the waiver priorities for the week. And we agreed on the first two, maybe three, and then the, the priority is going to be a little bit uh, a little contentious. For us, I think. So let's start with the easy ones. Dak Prescott's out for who who knows how long. Uh, Sounds like his, at least, I mean, six weeks. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, which is, uh, what did Russell Wilson miss five, mm-hmm. I believe, with this with a similar injury. So I'm not throwing hands. So Cooper Rush is a starter in Dallas. And I mean, when a when a quarterback becomes available in superflex, they're almost always going to, you know, a starting quarterback uh, available on waivers. They're almost always going to be the top priority for us. So um, it it it's not quite as is as big of a prize since it's not for the entire season and it's not really a lo- like a long term type of thing, but. Uh, still, just the fact that you're getting a starting quarterback, and they're probably people in your league. None of our super friends, of course. Nobody does this crap. We always go QBX. <laughs> but there were people in your league who went zero quarterback just to, you know, tra- they they are trying to be too cute, trying to uh, trying to They'll say, admit yeah, it, my- too. They'll be yeah. like, oh, I, I thought I could do this, but I got too cute, and now I just drafted, like, Jimmy G and Jameson Winston. Yeah. Like, oh, well, one of them <laughs> has a job right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In, in And most of them, you know, kind of reading between the lines, the, the goal is, their theory is, you know, they're always starting quarterbacks who become available throughout the season as injuries happen, benchings happen, you know, whatever. There are going to be guys out there, and I'm going to go get them. And so, and so – we're here to say, okay, smartass, you're you can go get them, but I'm going to make you pay for them. Right. And even if you've got a quarterback extreme roster, I still think that you got a price enforce on every one of these quarterbacks. It because if you get them, you know you're keeping them away from somebody else who obviously needs it and is obviously trying to make this their strategy. And if you don't get them. There's that much less money that they can spend to, you know, to compete with you on the positions that you need. Yeah. So, so I think you got to do, I think Cooper Rush has to be the top priority. So my question to you, Swags, is what's the, what percentage are you putting on Cooper Rush? If your goal is to, let's just say if your goal is to price and force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and keep them away from other teams that are trying to compete with you and win the same prize you are at that when I think of this, like for this scenario and Cooper rush, I kind of put my head into 
like a redraft league that's a little deeper, like maybe Scott Fishbowl. Um, and I think, I, I think I'm going all in. I think you're up there at a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And you just throw it down just to even keep them away from other people. Um, I'd rather go to a different league though, where I could do a little bit of trading, but nonetheless, a deeper redraft league. I'm I'm all in just to throw down some fab because I don't want to be left with any money at the end of the year. If I have Dak, I'm paying a hundred percent. If I'm really deep at quarterback. And I feel like I have a, another need. I could see myself maybe going a different direction with some guys we're going to talk about on the on the list here. But I'm pretty comfortable throwing down some fab on Cooper Rush. Yeah. Man, so here I was thinking something like 35%, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, Starting quarterback. I know, yeah. It's, what's, it's, he, what's he worth to you in picks if you're trading him away, and how much are you willing to pay for those picks? Oh man. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of depends on where does week one leave me? You know, if Mm -hmm. I have this, this loaded lineup and it played out that might be a little rich, huh? Probably a little kind of regardless, but man, I think that I, I, I think that you're right that you, it's, it's certainly, quite a bit higher than my 35%. (laughs) Quite a bit. Like if you had Dak Prescott, so this is a a roster build. I, you know, I talked about this with Jordan McNamara um, and uh, Scott Connor, both, they, they both kind really kind of push the, uh, you know, the two elite quarterbacks in Superflex. So there's, there are a lot of situations and this is a specific one to Jordan McNamara. In fact, yeah, Pat Mahomes and Dak Prescott. And then the rest of that roster is used to just kind of build up the rest of the lineup. So he probably has some lineups where, you know, he's he's just absolutely loaded throughout the lineup, probably has decent depth at every other position, contender type of roster, but he just lost one of his two quarterbacks. And the other one is... I mean, quarterback one overall after week one. And, you know, so, you know, you're kind of looking at how do I keep this thing rolling because I'm in a championship window here. Yeah. And that's where you have to go heavy after Cooper Rush, especially if it was Dak Prescott that you lost. Yeah. So I think I'm with you. I think a roster like that has to go pretty heavy, like 75%. Yeah, and it's still early. Everybody, hopefully, is still trying to compete. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, I, I – yeah, I, I think, like, 75 to, like, that 90 probably is a little bit better. It leaves you a little bit money on the table just for those dollar bids and stuff. Yeah. But that's if you want to get him. To me, I think, like, if you just want to price enforce that person – like I would put thirty five percent just to make sure that they pay at least thirty six percent, you know. Not getting them cheap or free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I want, I want them to pay up. <clears throat> excuse me, pay up for quarterbacks. Yeah, as much as possible. They neglected so. the position. They deserve to. Yeah, I hear yep. you there. Yeah, exactly. I probably um, went a little bit too hot with that one hundred. <laughs> if he was playing for the full season, yeah, you do it. Like if if Dak was out for the season, then it's a hundred percent. But 
if it's only half the season or less, yeah, I think I think it's a, a little less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Wilson is kind of number two for us. New starting running back in San Francisco for the time being and for the foreseeable future. Uh, Elijah Mitchell injured this week. And, like, it's crazy how many people got to victory lap on that for various reasons. <laughs> like, um, it, 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 the bottom line is that to me, that running back group, like, that running back situation has just never been a good one. So, yeah. But he's the starter, uh, at least for the time being. Jeff Wilson, as long as he's healthy, he should be the feature back. So what kind of fab would you put to make sure you get Jeff Wilson? Yeah, this is interesting because you mentioned this before we hit record. And, like, let's see how we really feel when we're spending some money on these players and see if we have the order (laughs) correct. And for me, this is where it kind of gets, like, I'm probably more like the, and I know we want percentages here and I'll get there, but I'm probably more like the three to $7 bid here on Jeff Wilson and just see if I get him, which I'm probably talking like three to 7%. And um, if I get him, I'm fine. And if I, if I don't, I think I'm kind of fine with that too. You know, just because like you said, the running back group that it is, they are, they all find a way to find success at some point throughout the season. And like it or not, they all find a way to get hurt. Right. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, and it, it, it does make it kind of tough right now to spend a significant amount. Like we ran into this, it was this time last year when Elijah Mitchell became the starter in San Francisco. You know, mm-hmm. and we started when when Mostert got hurt in game one in week one and was out for the season and Elijah Mitchell becomes a starter and everybody's like, oh, you go all in. You go all in right now. And it's like on a running back, though, like a guy who didn't actually earn the starting job, mm-hmm. you're still going to go 100 percent just because you get him for the entire at least in theory, get him for the entire season. He's still a running back. He's still likely yeah. to miss time. And sure enough, he did. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I, I don't like the idea of treating it like these guys are going to be the exception to the rule. So uh, I think I would go a little bit higher than you. I'm probably looking more like 15%. But I don't think you're going to get him at 15 mm. I think somebody's I going pretty high on this one. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I definitely fine don't with think that if they do. That's that's kind of the thing. Yeah. I mean, if you need a starting running back, if you did the stupid zero RB thing, then sure. But, um, the, you know, then, then you get a little bit aggressive. But the other thing that helps is the availability of this next guy, Jalen Warren. Who's in, it seems to be in a pretty similar situation. Might not be the starter quite as long as Jeff Wilson is. But again, we're not necessarily planning for any running back to just stay healthy in per- perpetuity. You know, so, yeah. so Jalen Warren probably in a better situation than Jeff Wilson. And, you know, he won't be, he won't be the starter quite as long. But while he is... Uh, it's a, it should be a, 
I like I can't say it's a better offense because it's not. <laughs> but we we've we have history in that offense though, and knowing how they'd like to use their running back, yeah. whether it's a good or bad offense or not. Right. My concern with Jalen Warren is us having him as the third priority, like even under Jeff Wilson, and I feel like the community has put a little bit of hype behind him even before this Najee Harris injury and that they might move him up and overspend on him because of this offense, because of the injury and because they liked him before the injury. Yeah. So he might be tougher to get than it's worth to me. If that makes any sense. Yep. Yeah, I guess he's I not so. one I want to bid up and get stuck with, but he's still somebody. <laughs> I think I'm around the same range though as Jeff Wilson, but I feel like my price range here gives me even less of a chance of getting Warren than I had with Wilson. Yeah, this is a kind of atypical week one in the NFL. Like normally we see bigger, bigger injuries resulting in more missed time. Like normally we would have had some torn ACLs and Achilles and, and stuff like that. We would have had some of that happen and make some guys, you know, much bigger priorities than what these guys are. These is, this is all short term. These are names that we were already pretty familiar with. Like you said, like already had a little bit of hype behind them. Um, or, there's a lot of fool's gold as well but like there aren't very many just obvious waiver priorities this week it's 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 it is very strange Mm -hmm. but i think so warren you know if if i was gonna go 10 percent on or uh, 15 percent on jeff wilson obviously i'm doing less than that on warren even though it's a better situation it's just shorter term so I think like 10% is probably the most I would do. And that's particularly if I was the, the Najee Harris manager, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I, I think 10% probably gets him in fact. Yeah. yeah. It's worth a shot. I know I don't want to spend any more. Yeah. Well, about Khalil Herbert, he's he's kind of our he's our next guy on our list, and this is where it started to get difficult for us when we were trying to prioritize these guys ahead of time. Um, but we had, and, and it sounds to me like it, definitely for you, Khalil Herbert and our next guy Jahan Dotson are probably like pretty close, and you might even prefer Dotson. Yeah, I'm learning through this conversation that I prefer Dotson. Yeah. Do have some concerns, though, you know? Like, it's not... He wasn't targeted a ton. Five targets, not bad. Brought in three of them. And then he had two touchdowns. That's where a lot of his fantasy points came from, was those two touchdowns. But nonetheless, like... That's the direction I want to go. A lot of this probably has to do with the way I have built my teams and the way Superflex do, John Hogue has probably built a lot of his teams. Like we're likely a little bit deeper at running back 
and my needs are likely closer to needing somebody like Jahan Dotson and Kyle Phillips because I knew they would be here. These are the moments I was waiting for. This is why I draft running backs early and often because I know these guys are going to be here for me. So to me, like this, these are the finishing touches to my team that I already have established running backs at. That's not everybody, though, I know. So those running backs are important. Um, even in these situations, I don't want you to get your hands on them if you went zero RB. But nonetheless, man, I feel like Jahan Dotson is somebody that can help some of my teams and my team builds and the team builds that I've been preaching about and how I want you to build your teams. So I feel like... I feel like we got Jahan Dotson wrong and we're a little low on him. Maybe that's just me, but man, I'm a uh, I'm 50 to 80% here on Jahan Dotson. Oh wow. Okay. So he's probably <laughs> <laughs> So he's he's I won't even say number 2 for you. I'd call him kind of 1 1B, right? Like Yeah, I think that's almost fair. Like, like it, I was thinking that throughout the whole entire conversation, I'm just like, "Huh." Yeah. Like if you need Cooper Rush, you would prioritize him. But if you're if you've got quarterback depth and if you're healthy at quarterback, you're probably not even putting in a bid necessarily on Rush. You're just focused on Dotson. Yeah, I probably I probably am, yeah. Yeah. And like I'm looking at other wide receivers too, even that we don't have on today's list, but yeah, it might be trying to see who shines early. I mean, think about last year if you we're quick to the draw on Jalen Waddle in a similar format because I mean, like it or not, that's the way Waddle was available in these same type leagues we're talking about today. Waddle was available for a few weeks, and if you missed on that, I mean, you missed on a league winner potentially. Yeah, yeah. That's... And I'm not saying Dotson is Waddle, by the way. <laughs> uh, uh, is he? <laughs> Man, two touchdowns. I mean, I, I don't that's I don't think that's likely to happen all year, but he could yeah. be good for like if he can bring in 60% of his targets each week as a rookie and continue to get five plus targets. I mean, we're we're on a great path for a rookie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if 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 he's able to maintain that. And here's the other thing. Like, this is a name that we'll end up talking about at some point on next week, this week. Um, but we're not going to start doing it just yet because it's a ways off. But Sam Howell is going to unlock that offense at some point. Like, there, all of everything that's going on in Washington is really kind of limited by Carson Wentz. And as long as he's a starter, that's going to be the case. But I think at some point you're going to see Sam Howell and all of a sudden, you know, all the efficiency that you already had, along with now some deep play abilities, you know, some some more YOLO balls. Like, I like I, it, yeah. That's, you know, that that is in play. In your so, Superflex Dynasty Leagues, maybe try to make that play this next couple of weeks while Carson Wentz, yeah. like, looks okay on paper. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it's possibly cheap. The problem mm -hmm. is, like, in uh, definitely in redraft leagues, I don't think that it's time to stash yet. And um, shallower dynasty leagues, if if Sam Howell is on waivers, I think you leave him there for the moment. You know, I think um, I, I, I think that we'll see it coming and we'll have plenty of runway 
to mm-hmm. be able to load up. So how much are you spending on Herbert? On Herbert, um, probably. So he's got standalone value. He's. It seems like he's got a role that is completely agnostic of David Montgomery, and in fact, kind of eats into David Montgomery. And I, I honestly kind of prefer that to the guys who uh, just got a job because the starter went down. If it's not a season-ending injury. You know, just having Jalen Warren be the starter for a few weeks doesn't do, do me nearly as good as having Khalil Herbert having this, you know, this 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 floor every single week, kind of regardless of what the offense is doing. So I think, you know, where I said, you know, in the 10 percent range for Jalen Warren, I think I'm right there with Khalil Herbert as well. Um, it's yeah, uh, and I think that makes a lot of sense too. What you said about him having a role now versus maybe Jeff Wilson or Jalen Warren having the role because of injury. Yeah, and now Man. if Montgomery were to get hurt, Herbert's role that he already has goes through the roof. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think we are low on Jahan Dotson both of us he he should have been a little higher up as a priority because i think that he's i'm probably looking at more like 15 to 20 percent for him Mm -hmm. the 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 caveat is only if i need a wide receiver which is very rarely the case like i typically feel like i can find somebody somewhere they're not going to have his upside but you know, like I've 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 got one league, for instance, where I'm starting Rashad Bateman and Drake London. That one, I think I'm probably going after Dotson, not because I think that he's better than what I have starting, but because I think that he has just as much, if not more upside. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have a whole lot behind those guys. So uh, so that's where I think it, it that it makes sense to go fairly heavy on him. But and again to me heavy still kind of looks like you know 20 percent ish but um man if you're right and this is sustainable then 80 percent is going to prove to be a bargain yeah like by the end of the season last season you would have looked back and said man i wish i had gone all in on Jalen waddle yeah we could be there with dotson yeah. Um, and it hurts sometimes when you're like, oh, I said I would pay this much, but I didn't. Yeah. And now <laughs> everybody else has him. So, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as much as we talk about, you know, you want to be able to, to hang on to some of that budget because you're going to need running backs later in the season. Like they just they they do. They just get hurt. All of them. <laughs> like you spend your money on Jeff Wilson right now, you're going to end up spending later on. Tyrion Davis price <laughs> you know like it that, maybe not maybe not maybe you can avoid that exactly that's where I was going with that and we're because we're going to talk about him on next week this week but uh that's the whole thing like keep in mind that if you play the waivers right if you're a week early you you're even if you you know you blow your entire budget in week one on a Jahan Dotson or a Cooper Rush or the combination 
um, or, you know, Jeff Wilson, some combination of those three guys, it wipes out your entire fab budget. You still have plenty of opportunities to make this happen. Just, yep. it, it, it just, again, you just have to be a week early on yep. the players the rest of the way, but it's doable. Um, let's, let's rock through this real quick. So we got Dodson. Uh, we have Kyle Phillips, Curtis Samuel, Jamal Williams, Rex Burkhead, Robbie Anderson, Dontrell Hilliard, and Juwan Jennings. Those are all guys that uh, that we're prioritizing, um, at least to some extent. But how many of those guys are you willing to put more than like a 1% or a $1 bid, on, like a minimum bid? Um, for me, the only one would be Kyle Phillips. Yeah. I'd spend um, probably 10 to 20% on Phillips. Okay. Targeted nine times. I think he's going to be targeted a lot there out of the slot a little bit. And yeah. we'll see what he does with it. That'll be the big part. But I would spend a little bit more on on Kyle Phillips after that, though. I'm with you. It'd be tough. Yeah. I think Jamal Williams and Rex Burkhead both deserve probably like 5% bids. But, yeah, the the rest of those guys, Robbie Anderson, I don't trust. Um, Dontrell Hilliard, how much of that was his – how much of that was him and how much of that was Derrick Henry's brief injury, you know? Yeah. Um, and then Jawan Jennings looks – right right at the moment seems to be the third – wide receiver for uh, Trey Lance. George Kittle just barely missed this game, though. Yeah. So <laughs> what happens when you've got Kittle out there as well? Like, is this – is are there enough footballs to go around? I don't know. Probably I mean, not with, with a rookie quarterback a lot of the times, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know he's not a rookie. Second year, but first year starting. Yeah. Yeah. So those last three, actually the last four, because I think Rex Burkhead is probably going to be available in most leagues. Um, but Robbie Anderson, Dontrell Hilliard, and Juwan Jennings, I think those guys are typically going to be available in deeper leagues. So if you do need the help at those positions, it makes sense. But that's the main reason that we put them on here. normal size leagues to shallower leagues, not super interested yep um some guys you can drop i'll give you my two real quick mike davis from baltimore man like we're as as these guys get healthy as you get dobbins back as you get gus edwards back like mike davis couldn't get on the field with right you know Kenyon justice Drake. hill and they just and joined Kenyon the Drake. team yeah right yeah so there's I just I just don't see a path for Mike Davis to be relevant. Sammy Watkins notoriously a week one performer and he didn't. <laughs> like he didn't even do it. In week one, when Alan Lazard was out, you've got two rookies making their first NFL starts and Sammy Watkins still can't get involved. So yeah, I think we're done there. Um and I'll let you talk about your drops. Man, so Mine, I, I don't know. The mine would probably be kind of controversial. Controversial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 
I want to drop Sky Moore from okay. the Chiefs. And Shallower I'm, redraft leagues, I assume. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll drop him for Jahan Dotson or Kyle Phillips right now and feel great about it. He was targeted one time for 30 yards. As you know, he, he does have an amazing quarterback, but I just don't think he's going to be the guy this year. So in these formats that we're talking about here, I just don't think he's really ever going to help you or you're going to know when to start him. And then Rondale Moore, a.k.a. Will Fuller Jr. didn't play this week. And I know he had the hamstring, and I don't want to just pick on injuries here, but he's a smaller guy. You look at what Kyler Murray did this week, and he's looking for a big body. Nobody, I don't think anybody got more than five or six targets. It's like uh, somebody did, like their third wide receiver. It wasn't even Hollywood or A.J. Green. He wants Hopkins back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's not going to be Rondale Moore. Like Kyler wasn't missing Rondale Moore this week. He didn't even care. And I I just don't think he's going to help you much. I think he's just a high-priced roster clog. And the next one I want you to drop is Kadarius Phoney. (laughs) And this, I mean, has roots. I mean, first of all, he wasn't targeted one time. He did get some work out of the backfield. But then you look at it, and Daniel Jones, and this is going to be the way the season is, Daniel Jones only threw the ball 19 times. And not even one of those was for Kadarius. Even if, like, those got distributed kind of evenly, like, what's the ceiling for targets for Kadarius at this point? Like, three to five from Daniel Jones? It's it's really, like, not enough to ever trust starting him. I think it's just, like, move on from him early. Don't let him clog your roster and same thing I'll, I'll drop him for Jahan Dotson or Kyle Phillips today I'll drop him for you know like Traylon Burks who didn't have a spectacular week but I think that he'll grow more like he at least was targeted probably by a better quarterback so yeah I'll, I'll drop these guys yeah like I said I could I could see it in redraft leagues for sure I could see it in super shallow like dynasty keeper leagues um and i was probably talking more more redraft to be honest with you but in dynasty you absolutely need to find a way out of them and and trade them at some point like within a big game or something like that yeah probably fair i'm the least worried about sky more i think that uh that I mean the the tough part is I'm 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 kind of getting more and more on board with this the more I think about it just because the the problem is that I mean that offense is going to be fine they're going to be games where Sky Moore is featured you know you're going to get some monster games from Sky Moore the problem is you're not going to see it coming and this is mm-hmm. one of my big problems with wide receivers in general is the ones where you know, you don't know when you're finally going to get a startable game. Like Miko Hardman has been that guy his entire right. career. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, he, he randomly got, you know, two touchdown passes. He caught his two targets for, you know, 85 yards and two touchdowns. So, like, two long touchdowns, basically. 
but there was no way to predict that. Yeah. Know? At this point, I kind of think it's going to be that way with most of these Chiefs wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the same thing with Juju. You know, I think the only guys that you, the only guy that you really trust every single game is Kelsey. Yeah. At this point, so the the tough thing about Sky is the time to get out was weeks ago. Yeah. Not after like this kind of lackluster game. Right. But I still feel like enough people like will like him and believe in him that you can get out for something that makes you fine watching him have a little bit of success. If that makes any sense, like, yeah, I guess just because I want to trade out of a player, it doesn't always mean that I think they're going to stink for their whole careers. But it, to me, it means that I can trade them for something that'll make me be fine with them having a good career and move on to something I feel better about at the same time. Right. It's, there's also some strategy involved with this. Like, uh, the great Paul Charchian talks about the sabotage drops, right? So the idea is you're you're dropping a guy with some perceived uh, value, yeah, so that somebody else picks him up, and now they're wasting a roster spot. Plus, they had to drop somebody who might be usable. They might have used Fab, yeah, or a waiver they, they priority. They wasted some Fab, that, yeah, or waiver priority. Um, all of that they did all of that just for a player that you don't even you know, want. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't even think that there needs to be a, a rationalization beyond that, honestly. Like, if can you see yourself, you know, confidently starting this player? If not, get him off your roster. Yeah. Like, if, if you're not going to be able to predict when you can use him, then just don't even try. Let him be somebody else's problem. So that's the thing, especially in redraft leagues, I'm fully on board with all three of these. Um, Some some situations you can fade, and I put all of these, so I'm just going to run through them real quick and then see if you have anything you want to add to it. But Taysom Hill, is he the tight end? I mean, he lined up at quarterback and then ran the ball like a running back. Like, it's, it's the same thing that we've had from Taysom Hill for years now. Let's not act like this has ever been, you know, a constant, sustainable, predictable thing. Yep. Two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. That's probably the only time he gets in the end zone in the all season. Taysom <laughs> so. Hill, like, isn't squat without, like, dual eligibility. Like, he has to be, yeah. have, like, tight end quarterback or something. That's when he gets cool because you can move him around a couple more spots. But if he doesn't have that, he's he's nothing. Yeah. Yep, and I would need to see him get a get can be you know getting consistent snaps as the quarterback mm-hmm. in order for me to be interested in him as my starting tight end, essentially. And I just I I don't think that that's going to be the case. It never has been previously. So, and they've got a a more than competent quarterback right now. They're they've got good wide receivers. You don't want to be having those guys just running decoy routes because your quarterback can't throw. So it's like there's, yep. there's no reason, reason for Taysom Hill to be a consistent part of that offense. Yeah. Um, OJ Howard, uh, two, two touchdowns. 
despite the fact that he had he ran something like six he ran a route on like six percent of their pass plays something like like, wow yeah i didn't even know that it's it it was a crazy amount of efficiency for oj howard that's not going to happen brevin jordan's still the starter you know i think uh what's the other one pharaoh brown um i think he's probably still somewhat involved but oj howard is typically going to be an afterthought other than in week one uh and then the other one i had was devin duvernay two more touchdowns (laughs) is the you know the third option in baltimore uh i just to me that's just not one that you want to count on that happening on a weekly basis yeah seeing you in a different direction with your fades i'll have to think that way a little bit more next week but i went with james cook and it was i'm still fading him but it was just because we saw him get one touch and he fumbled the ball didn't see the ball again. I don't think it necessarily means that he's in the doghouse for the season, but I just I think you can fade James Cook. I just don't think we're going to see it this year. And what you want to see again to trust starting him. Yeah. But I, I agree with your fades though and the success they had and get get rid of him. Do you think James Cook Cook uh has enough value that you could sell him or is it just a straight up possibly even just a straight up drop in redraft i'll drop him i'll I'll drop him for a lot of the players we talked about on our waiver ads um dynasty i think he still has enough like name value just from the offseason being so close that you could make some trades some unsexy trades like nobody's just gonna pay out for james cook right now but you could probably still like chase some players you could probably add to james cook for example and go get like james robinson or somebody like that but you're probably adding to james cook today where you could have done it for james robinson plus a week ago yeah i'm all right with that how Um, the tides have turned yeah (laughs) yeah I know. Yeah, I mean, I th- he, I think he's also just kind of a guy that you would stash, um, especially if you've got taxi squad. Just go ahead and lose him on taxi for the moment. Yeah. Like, he's a running back. At some point, he's going to not only get a shot, but, like, he'll have that backfield to himself. That's just the way it goes. But, you know, I wouldn't want to wait on him and especially rely on him as a starter until I know that that, you know, when that time comes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, some buys and holds, and I'm going to let you go first. Cause you had the first, uh, two of them. So I started with cam acres who only had three attempts and it feels like everybody hates, but I think I want to slow my roll a little bit, maybe even try to acquire a little bit of him on the cheap if I can, but I definitely want to hold. So don't be surprised if you go to try to buy him and, and they want to hold too because Cam Akers' teams do have a little bit invested into him, but he only had three attempts. McVeigh came out, mentioned that he wants to see Cam Akers be more consistent on every snap, in and out of every snap. 
So I don't think that this is a talent thing at this point. I think it's uh, I want to see you work your ass off in practice weekly, every damn play. Don't be the cocky kid that thinks you just have the job. That's what I think this is. I could be wrong, but I'm going to I'm gonna hold on to Cam Akers, try to buy a little low on him. The other player I had, we don't need to talk about a lot because we've talked about him a lot, and that's Kyle Phillips. If he's out there, I, I really do believe in this and the slot role and in PPR and how I build my teams, I can... I can build a wide receiver group off cheap slot guys. And Kyle Phillips is somebody I'm willing to go out and feel the waters on and see if I can bring him over to my team a little bit cheap. So those are my guys. Nice. I like it. Um, I had uh, a what, little bit more. Do you more. hate Cam Akers? No, no, And not I know at you all. didn't say that. I'm just saying, like, what do you think? I mean, are people kind of just, like, done too, too early or – we don't have to talk about it yeah. long because we could go on and on and on, but the, am I the, crazy to want to hold, John? I don't think so, no. Um, I mean, first of all, again, you know, running backs, uh, you know, at some point, even if even if this is how it's going to look every single week, at some point Darrell Henderson gets hurt, Cam Akers has the backfield to himself, and, you know, you've got an NFL starter with top, you know, 12 or better upside. So, you know, to to get rid of a player like Cam Akers that we know is capable of being a starter and we know that we'll probably end up in that situation again, I think would be, you know, it, it would be premature. But I think a lot of people are doing it, and I think that it's a, a big part of it is watching James Robinson. Where I'm going to let you talk about him in a few minutes. Um, just <laughs> let you go. <laughs> but, uh seeing James Robinson, you know, lead the, the Jacksonville backfield, um, especially on early down, you know, short yardage goal line between the tackle type of stuff with the exact same injury, but less time to recover. I think that is kind of making people even more, even more worried about Cam Akers and kind of making them feel like maybe this isn't the injury. Maybe this is just Cam Akers, you know? <laughs> So, but I think that that makes it an even better time to, you know, you can buy low if you don't already have him. If you do have him, I think you hold. To me, that's yeah. that's the whole thing. You know, buys buys sells holds. People ask you, should I, you know, should I buy? Should I sell? Should I hold? If you're willing to buy, if you've already got them, then you hold them. So to me, that yeah. it's the exact same thing. That's yep. why I bunch them together. Um. Chase Edmonds is uh, a buy or a hold for me. I know it's a disappointing week in a bad matchup, uh, but this is a it, it's a two man backfield. We thought it was going to be a mess. It was really it was Edmonds and it was Mostert, and Edmonds was getting a good amount of the work both on early downs, running between the tackles, short yardage. He was also a, he was also involved in the passing game. Mostert is really just going to be kind of a change of pace type of like, you know, give him a rest type of thing. Uh, it's not even going to be that much of a committee. So take advantage of the fact that Chase Edmonds had a relatively low scoring game uh, with what I believe 42 yards um, total yards. Take advantage of that and go get a starting running back who's going to be the feature back 
in what should be a good offense. Uh, Allen yeah. Robinson, it, it's kind of the same thing. I, I, I mean, I think it takes a little bit of time for that offense to come together a little bit, you know, and then, uh, um, I, you know, new team, new system for Allen Robinson, new quarterback for yep. Allen Robinson. And it was a horrible matchup. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of indications there for, of some, uh, some regression for that. Yeah, I whole think offense. McVay will want to get Robinson and Akers both more involved. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then the last two for me, it was C- it's CD Lamb. Take advantage of the fact that people are going to be nervous about him with Cooper Rush at quarterback, uh, especially Ooh, like in it. dynasty yeah. leagues. I think you can get CD Lamb at a little bit of a discount right now. And then Dak Prescott himself. Hang on, you know. Uh, yeah, I think you, there's a buy low opportunity, especially like we were talking about. He's on a strong contender who is trying to keep the ship afloat. You know, I think that you can probably upgrade a quarterback pretty cheap right at the moment to Dak Prescott. Um, is you know, especially if you're you know rebuilding or if you've uh, bailed on the season, I think you can get a long term starter fairly cheap here. Yep. Um, what do you think about those four? I, I like them, man. Like all of them, yeah. Yeah, I, I almost wish it wasn't such an agreeable segment. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like those guys for sure. And I, I agree. Like CD Lamb, like probably gonna dip a little bit in value, and people will sour a little bit just because Cooper Rush starting another Dak Prescott injury. How long do I have to wait for this to happen? And CD CD Lamb's an alpha wide receiver. Yeah. Yep. Good way to get one cheap, and they're really hard to come by right at the moment. <laughs> People are hanging on for dear life to their wide receivers. So, um, some cells. We we ended up putting Rex Burkhead in the cells category, and we talked a little bit about him for waiver priorities. So. But I think it it sounds like the strategy would be, you know, put a small waiver claim in on him. If you end up with him, you've got the starting running back, at least, you know, for the moment, in theory, for the Houston Texans. And we called this last week, by the way. Rex Burkhead was a next week this week going into the season for us um, because of the fact that it was very likely that he was going to start off getting the lion's share of the work over a rookie Damian Pierce. Yep. Eventually they're going to work Damian Pierce in there. So, you know, if you can get Rex Burkhead cheap and sell him as a starting running back, I think you do it. Yeah. A good target could even be that Damian Pierce team who soured a little bit and just saw Rex go off. That would, could be a good target for you. Yeah. I like that one. We have a much bigger one to talk about. And like I said, I'm just going to let you go talking about Travis Etienne versus James Robinson. Travis Etienne's the sell. Here's why. Low-hanging fruit here. I I mean, you've got some value in Travis Etienne, and I think that it could – I think that you could turn it into something that helps you, again, just as much or more if Travis Etienne ends up succeeding – so that's kind of the thing. And honestly, it's James Robinson's backfield. We didn't think it was going to be, or 
we as you in the community, and I'm not going to be a part of you right now because I, I've kind of been saying this all along. When I drafted James Robinson in even a current, like a pretty recent eliminator, when I drafted him in Scott Fishbowl, I, I said, wow, how can you get a starting running back this late in a draft? And I, I did that. And People say, ha ha, you're funny, but I'm not being funny. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. being funny. This is how I felt. And so to see it happen in week one, like it definitely gives me some conviction. Like I feel really good about that call. I'm, I'm here with Rocky taking the victory lap and, and I'm okay with that. Cause I think we deserve one, honestly, <laughs> but I think the ETN, there'll still be enough truthers and hype behind him to where it doesn't even matter that he only got four carries. And he did quite well with those four carries, mind you. It wasn't like he got the ball four times and fumbled or anything like that. He did all right, but it looks like it's James Robinson's backfield. And I still feel like you can move on from Travis Etienne at a, at a rate that lets you be okay if he succeeds and you're out of him if he doesn't. That's the thing. Etienne got enough work that I think he probably still holds some trade value. That's what I, that's what I love about this. Like he did just enough that I think you can still, but now's the time because it was, it became more and more obvious that Travis Etienne is not ready to take over this backfield yet. Yeah. And James Robinson's not ready to give it up. No. (laughs) So, uh, the, I, I, he's practically wearing a cast, right? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm fresh off injury and I'm fresh and ready to play. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that gladiator yeah. mentality. Um, yeah, we had to, had to let you go on that one because, uh, I got to talk about my pet project, which is Swarkly. So <laughs> <laughs> you got yours, which has been James Robinson for what, three years now. I always feel like Swift is mine. Yeah. But he, I'm going to I'm sharing with you. Yeah. The problem <laughs> is <laughs> The problem is your definitive statement was always less about Swift and more about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. <laughs> oh. I can see how it came off that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it <laughs> I'm sure that I, <laughs> truly I, I, can. I think there was like equal parts when you traded uh, when you traded Qu- Clyde Edwards Alaire straight up for DeAndre Swift as rookies. Swift but, is my highest rostered um, running back, maybe player. Yeah. Yeah. But, I think a lot of it was price dependent though, that rookie year and you could get him fairly cheap. Yeah. I think he's actually my most rostered too. I think I only have one roster where I have Saquon, but not Swift. And then three that I have Swift, but not Saquon. Man. And now, now you have to pay up to finish those Sparklies. It's not happening now. Yeah. I'm just rolling with what I got. So, but yeah. Hopefully, uh, half half of the combo is good enough. You should change your handle or, or your name for the for a few weeks to Swarkly. <laughs> <laughs> Super Swarkly, dude. <laughs> kind of like Shane Manila does. He's always changing his name. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It throws me off when he does it, though. Like, I never know who it is anymore. His last Wait, one did the, the most that? because he changed his name and his picture about the same time. Yeah. And if you look at the picture, you can totally see it's him. But if you don't, like, click it and zoom in on it, it's just a new AV and a new name. And you're, and you're just like, oh, it's Shane. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, all right, last segment, best segment, save the best for last. Next week, this week, which, first of all, uh, we pretty much nailed it top to bottom last time. Um, there weren't very many names that we had that uh, were not useful pickups. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, let's uh, just... You could have almost started them. Oh, man. Like, look at... Here's... here's We'll we'll see how many of these didn't actually hit at least to some degree. So we had Jalen Warren, Khalil Herbert, Rex Burkhead, Eno Benjamin. Like who's gonna argue with any of those? Yeah. Damian Williams went out with an injury, but he was the lead running back for Atlanta before that happened. Just like we said, Devonte Parker, who that's probably one of the few that didn't really hit. But Jacoby Myers massive hit yep um romeo dubs dubs bobs <laughs> still don't know how to say the actual name but uh i mean he was he was heavily targeted heavily involved for green yeah. bay this week already yep. in his first start. did better with his his looks than other rookie christian watson who got less targets as well yeah i was skeptical of this one Kenyon drake um, that you you put that one on there, and uh, he went out and was the lead back for Baltimore on the roster for less than a week, and he was their guy. Yeah. So nailed that one. Kyle Phillips. We had Garrett Wilson. Uh, that one's, uh, I don't know. I, I think that's still TBD. Uh, Jahan Dotson. We talked briefly about Jamison Williams. What we ultimately said is now is not the time to stash him, but we want to be several weeks early mm-hmm. before he comes back. And I feel even better about that after watching that Lions offense, seeing DJ Chark get loose for a long one. Like this, they they don't get to play the Eagles every week, but this offense is a lot better than people think. Yeah. And then, then there's Amon Ross St. Brown <laughs> targeted 12 times with a healthy team. And that was impossible, I've heard, with Swift out there and Hawkinson out there and now with Shark there, targeted yeah. 12 times. And gets in the end zone. It wasn't just a, yeah. it wasn't just a dump off into the slot type of thing either. He, he gets in the end zone as well. So, yep. yeah. That's it's a good offense, man, and uh, Jamison Williams is g- just going to add another dimension. Yeah, when he gets on the field and healthy, love it. Um, we had Terod Taylor. That's probably a little ways off. Johnu Smith, uh, who was I believe the th- third most targeted Patriots pass catcher, if I remember right. Um, don't quote me on that, but he was he was involved. He's definitely involved. He's He's uh, running a lot of routes for New England already. And then the two that didn't hit, Richard Higgins and Andy Isabella. And I still think that, I mean, Greg Dorch ended up being the hit for uh, for Arizona. 
easily could have been Andy Isabella and yeah. easily could be Andy Isabella next time. They yeah, go out. it could. The way he's going to spread that ball around. Yeah. So that's just just to kind of illustrate how useful this segment can be next week, this week. So the idea is guys that are likely to clear waivers, you can get them cheaper free. You can you can even put in a very small waiver claim, claim for them this week, but you do it now. Very small. And, and then when they're top yep. priorities next week, you're going to save a ton of fab because you already have them. Yep. You don't have to break the bank on them. So yep, you'll be much, searching your teams, and they're already there. Yeah, exactly. So we still have Jonu Smith on there. Um, like I said, I just I don't think that he did enough to get people's attention, but I do think that he is going to be pretty involved in that offense. Um, that that's kind of the indication that we got. Uh, also, a tight end, Gerald Everett, who man, that's that's going to be kind of a tough one. Um, cause he did have a nice game, uh, three catches, 54 yards and a touchdown, but the tight end position might be deep enough. Plus you're going to have people targeting OJ Howard, Taysom Hill, you know, guys like that. So mm-hmm. it's possible that the chargers tight end Gerald Everett sneaks through here and, uh, you're I able think to he get does him. man. Yeah. I don't know that it's kind of gambling a little bit though, but I, I think Everett sneaks through the waivers. Nice. Yeah. No, I mean, man. And then if Keenan Allen misses times or if they have any other injuries. Yeah. But. Yeah. But I think there are plenty of options at tight end. So it's, first of all, it makes it possible. Yeah. But second of all, it doesn't mean it, it doesn't make it quite as critical. Sure. End up with Gerald Everett. So the, the, the other tight ends that we've got here, Hayden Hurst and Jawan Johnson. Uh, Hayden Hurst from Cincinnati. Now you've got T. Higgins out, I mean, probably only for a game or two with a concussion. But uh, in the meantime, it looks like Hayden Hurst is going to be, you know, probably the, the next uh, highest option, uh, the next option for uh, Joe Burrow after Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon got a ton of targets, so... But Hayden Hurst was was right there uh, behind those guys. And then Jawan Johnson ended up running the most routes. Um, I believe he got the most targets. It's just the fact that Taysom Hill kept you know, trotting out onto the field and <laughs> vulturing people's touchdowns. <laughs> Stupid uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah, I know. So annoying. He honestly does just annoy the crap out of me. But, yeah, Jawan Johnson is the pass catcher to have in that offense that looks like it's actually going to be very explosive. And then, let's see, we've got two wide receivers, Donovan Peoples-Jones of Cleveland and Josh Palmer of the Chargers. Yeah, man, I think Palmer, right now he's third on the depth chart. And I think if there's a, a any injury, and Keenan Allen's already banged up, which might make it tougher to get Palmer, but I think you want him now sooner than later. Yeah. And maybe, like John said, throw a little bit now and just in case. But 
Palmer and then maybe even Guyton. I don't know. I'm not as into Guyton as some people are, but he could get a little bit of work if Williams or Keenan Allen were to get hurt. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and Donovan Peoples-Jones right now is the uh, the starter opposite of Amari Cooper, and nobody else is really challenging. And honestly, they're not even using the tight ends. So the tough part is you still got Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. But, I mean, it, when when they do get Deshaun Watson back, all of a sudden, you know, you've got the, the number two starter. Um, and, and it's free. Yeah, yeah, get him free now. I mean, he's still going to get a decent workload just with Brissett. But, yeah, there's – you're gonna unlock a ton of upside once once he's got a real quarterback. Yep. And then finally, a running back. We've got Tyler Algier, two rookies: Tyler Algier and Tyrion Davis Price. Tyler Algier with Atlanta. Damian Williams goes out with the injury. Do we really buy Cordero Patterson as a lead back as a workhorse running back? Seems like they've got to find somebody to take that role. He was a uh, Tyler Algier was a healthy scratch in Week One. But again, that's with the healthy uh, Damian Williams and Antirian Davis Price. You know, we talked about Jeff Wilson. We talked about Elijah Mitchell. All indications would be that Tyrion Davis Price is the immediate backup now to Jeff Wilson. Yeah, and honestly, I think I'd with this San Francisco situation, I'd rather play next week, this week, than the waiver wire. Yep. Yeah, and, I think so too. And just let somebody else get Wilson even and then come right in as soon as waivers clear and grab Turin Davis. Yeah. I like that a lot. This is the one thing is this is putting me even more on your side that that I'm too low on Jahan Dotson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get it with the running backs and I get the stance cuz we we've both always loved running backs, so I get it there, but uh, just like I said on that one, I feel like the wide receivers help my team builds a little bit more. Yeah. And maybe just maybe they've been listening to us, John, and they've got lots of running backs and they need those wide receivers because we told them they were going to be there. Yeah. And they are. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. If you didn't have Elijah Mitchell already starting, you know, Jeff Wilson, like he he does that. They, they, you know, they all love to talk about. Like it's this is almost a year ago that I had that, or uh, uh, just over a year ago that I had that. Uh, the honestly the the worst day on Twitter that I ever could have imagined. <laughs> I remember that <laughs> because I start talking about running back handcuffs, and I bring it up just about every podcast now because I'm still salty over a year later. And I probably always will be. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't even understand that. Like, I've always thought, like, what's what's the big deal about handcuffing and protecting your assets? And right, everybody's like, no, have somebody else's. He he he. Like, yeah. it's such an evil, savvy move. I don't even get it. You're just stuck with garbage until if I have your running back, I'm probably trying to trade him to you so that when right. when like your running back goes down you think you have something, but you don't because you're just getting a backup running back from me. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't get that one. Well, and then they throw some crap at you about how you wear two condoms at the same time or something like they, they don't know how condoms work. 
like the the real analogy there would be uh i am wearing one condom but i also brought another condom just in case it breaks <laughs> so that i don't have to if it does break i don't have to call my friend and ask hey can you come finish her off for me <laughs> like that's the actual oh my freaking... god <laughs> i hate the double condom thing man like it's a bunch of freaking virgins trying to be funny and it they need doesn't... help putting the condom on <laughs> probably <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah on a little micro yeah anyways <laughs> anyways yeah so their their whole point is you know jeff wilson if you didn't have Elijah Mitchell, he he gives you more value on your roster. Okay, that's true. Your roster becomes more valuable. Your bench becomes more valuable. That's true. But how are you going to get him into your lineup? If you've got Swarkley and then you've got, you know, call it uh, like Miles Sanders uh, already on roster and you've got you know, Cordero Patterson already on roster. Like, where does Jeff Wilson fit? Where's yeah. the, you're you're going to run out of flex spots before you get to Jeff Wilson. Yep. So, like, having the value, just the, the quote-unquote value on the roster, having a more valuable roster, like, that just does nothing for me. I'm more compelled by the fact that on some of my rosters, I had Elijah Mitchell. I just lost him for a significant amount of time. And now I need to find a way to start somebody in that spot. Jeff Wilson is the guy who is in a very obvious immediate starter for me. <laughs> the handcuff to the guy I just lost is the, is the guy who now I can start. Like this is not that difficult. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> went off on a freaking rant there, but. Uh, wear a condom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and bring an extra just in case put it on yourself <laughs> <laughs> don't wear them all at the same time but yeah <laughs> just make sure you've got more than one um when you <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> i almost got really uh really inflammatory there um but yeah i kind of like that what you're saying though like, focus on these next week, this week, guys. Other than Dotson, focus on these guys. Get them cheap because these running backs, Tyrion Davis-Price and Tyler Algier, like, they don't add the immediate quote-unquote value to your roster, but they're going to be more useful to you at a time when uh, you need them. Maybe more you start you to run into some injuries, and then Jeff Wilson's already out. and Right, or Elijah Mitchell's back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Right on. Who did we miss? Did we miss anyone? We went through a lot of names. I think we nailed it. I think we nailed it. Wait, this is a yeah, super flex it. super show. Yeah. Standard operating procedures. We even told you. We even. Week we even, one. We even did some sex ed today. We even talked about some condoms a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's how complete <laughs> we were. <laughs> we 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 used a condom but we didn't keep it all in that's the <laughs> ir irony <laughs> doesn't matter how many condoms we're wearing <laughs> still not enough they're like well maybe should have <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, perfect way to end this episode of the Superflex Super Show. And as standard operating procedures, all that's left is for you to go and execute. Thank you.